Hi everyone, I'm Sarah and this is How To Be Good, the podcast that explores what it means to be a good person in today's world. Today I'm talking with atheist Andy Phillips. Atheism is simply an absence of belief in God or gods based on the evidence of reality. Andy is a board member of Atheism UK, which is Britain's only distinctively atheist organisation. Hosting the organisation's podcast, which I'll link to in the show notes, Andy facilitates conversations about atheism, shining a light on some of the misconceptions that often come along with the term. So the idea that religion provides a moral grounding is demonstrably unsound. I learnt so much from this conversation with Andy. Even though I'm familiar with the concept of atheism, there was so much I hadn't thought about when considering the discussions between theists, those who believe in God, and atheists, those who don't. So it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you all to Andy Phillips. The thing to make clear is that an atheist has no dedicated worldview. We don't follow any leaders. We don't have a book uh, of laws to follow. Atheism is simply an absence of belief in God or gods based on the evidence of reality, which by definition means being atheist, you can have any political view, any philosophical or socially cultural worldview, despite being an atheist. Atheist is a non-belief. So theists and religious apologists can willfully decide what you think, but we don't have a worldview. They often straw man us with an atheist position. So they'll say, well, atheists all believe in X. It's not true. Stating a specific worldview they can argue against is the straw man that we, we often get when we're talking to theist apologists. But atheists don't have a, a codified or constructed worldview. Having said that, there is a, a common trait of atheists. They are normally sceptical uh, of extraordinary claims, such as whether a god exists, whether the earth is flat, UFOs abduct people, that sort of thing. So we're, we're probably sceptical people. Uh, as Carl Sagan once said, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And there is no evidence for any supernatural force which created the universe and answers personal prayers. So these claims and assertions, none of these can be backed up with any evidence whatsoever. Only faith can do that. So uh, a belief on what you've been told is what theists tend to go with. We're just a little bit more sceptical than that. So to answer your question, a lack of belief in, in the supernatural has no bearing on the philosophical worldview or viewpoint on things like good and evil or what makes people good. Hence, no code dictates what a good person is according to atheistic thought. With the atheist community, for example, would there be anything, any common traits you think would come up that would make you all agree on what would make a bad person? Well, atheism and atheists really have no position on such things. And in reality, there is no atheist community. There are supportive communities that are atheist uh, and may work towards certain goals or provide support to atheists who have been threatened or uh, found because of their atheism have been ostracized from their families, their friends, work or their social community. We've seen some pretty horrific things. I used to work with a, an atheist organization, an international atheist organization, and some of the people who have come to us for help have literally just sort of moved out of atheism 
and their families ostracize them. There's some pretty appalling things that have happened to people who have come out as atheists. And, you know, we just got to try and help people as much as we possibly can. I think it's Stephen Weinberg, who was a a theoretical physicist and Nobel laureate in physics, who said that with or without legend, good people can uh, behave well and bad people can do evil. But for good people to do evil, it takes religion. And it's mainly because of the way the indoctrination of religion colours the way they think. You know, with religion, you can do evil even if you're a good person. Atheists are only atheists because of one thing, a lack of belief in God. Like most people on the planet, we instinctively know what's right and wrong and good and bad. But as I say, there is no worldview. There is no actual community uh, as such. But as I say, there are communities who are atheists who do things, you know, are activists. And, uh, you know, they're the sort of people that uh, will sort of shout about things that they think are wrong, which is exactly what we do in Atheism UK. We don't really sort of fight and fight and fight. But if we see something which is unjustified or is not just, then we will say something. We'll, We'll start to talk about it, maybe in our podcasts or on the website and things like that. And uh, it does help people. What does it mean to you personally to be a good person? Personally, uh, empathy is the, the, the key, I think. I mean, I'd like to say love and understanding, but, you know, it sounds a bit tacky. But I think empathy, a world is a harsh place. Uh, when we talk about the concept of good, we often align that with morals or the philosophical concept of morals which I have never been able to find in religious morality. And when we talk about things like blasphemy, you know, which is a thought crime in the eyes of religion and can be harshly dealt with in lots of places around the world. I mean, even in the UK, we have blasphemy laws. We don't have them anymore. But you have also things like apostasy, which is a harsh punishment for someone for simply leaving a religion, religious law which subjugates women second-class citizens in a lot of holy books, sanctioning the slavery in the Bible. I mean, they actually sanctioned slavery in the Bible. And these are the things that we have looked at in our sort of 21st century eyes. And we look back at that and we, we, we look at it and we just think, this is absolutely wrong. I mean, also you've got things like um, divine reward and punishment indoctrinated into the young, such as heaven and hell. And we know by you know talking to people who look at this, you know, psychologists that look at this, that the concept of hell stays with people. It really does make life a lot more difficult when you've got these psychological things that are going on in your head, which don't exist. And so the concept of hell, for instance, you know, I've got a, a good friend of mine who is ex-Jehovah's Witness. And, you know, we've had long, long talks about this concept of hell, because even though he is now an atheist, he doesn't believe in God. The concept of end of world and uh, and hell are up in his head. You know, they are things that play in his mind. And it's just through the indoctrination uh, when he was a kid. And it's quite sad that we we do this. I don't think people realize what they're doing 
to their children when they indoctrinate them into these these religious cults. It can damage children for a very very long time, especially when the, you get to the point where you get that conflict of I suddenly don't believe in this, but you've got all these things in your head, and it really does does damage people. The idea that religion provides a moral grounding is demonstrably unsound. Uh, my morals come from my upbringing and are based on a basic human instinct of what is right and wrong, coupled with communal well-being and human rights. That's where I get my morals from. So what does it mean personally to be a good person? Empathy is the biggest thing for me. And you mentioned there a bit about your upbringing. Could you, I'd love to hear a bit more about how you came to be an atheist and what your background and upbringing within faith and religion was. Uh, it, very, very simple. I mean, I, I'm, I'm discovered that I'm incredibly lucky. I was born in London into the Church of England. My mother was a believer. I discovered when I was about 12 that my dad wasn't although he went to church because that's what you do. I went to church when I was, when I was a kid, but around about sort of 12, 13, I started just really, really questioning this. I started talking to my vicar who got really upset with me because I was asking difficult questions. I just didn't believe and decided probably at 15 after reading the Bible, because I wanted to find out exactly why people believe in this, because it just didn't make any sense to me. And so I read the Bible at 15 and was horrified by what I read. We talk about so many things that have happened, you know, blasphemy, apostasy, subjugation of women, you know, all those sort of things, sanctioning of slavery, you know, reading things like the story of the flood, where God seems to have messed up, got everything wrong, and then just decides to kill everybody. That can't be morally right. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, at 15, I just decided I wasn't going to be, wasn't going to go to church. I don't believe in God. And I discovered the word atheist. And just at 15, I said, I'm an atheist because I don't believe in God. That's really where it all came down to. So I didn't, I didn't sort of approach it as a contrarian. I just had to label myself as something. Or if someone says to me, do you believe in God? I'd say, no, I'm an atheist. With your values, do you find that it is then the atheists you meet? Do you find that your values are more aligned with them than the theists that you meet? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. One of the things that when, when I discovered I was an atheist when I was a child, I, I, I didn't realise that uh, atheism was actually something that was out there. I didn't know that many people talked about it because most people just went to church. They just, you know, it's cultural. Church is cultural. I've spoken to so many people. Again, I've got a very good friend who's, uh, who's Catholic, um, sends his children to Catholic school, goes to church every Sunday. But if you talk to them, uh, which I have done for the last sort of 40 years, in, in, the, you know, in a pub, in a pub conversation and things like that, and I've, I actually said to him once, do you actually believe in God? I mean, do you actually believe that there is an entity that exists outside of the universe and answers prayers? And he said, oh, no. I said, why do you go to church? 
I'm sending my kid to a, a great school. And you'll find this again and again and again. Whenever you talk to people who are what I call the norm, just very, very normal people, many of them don't actually believe in God. But they'll say they do because it's cultural. It's part of their family. It's part of what they do. So, and I think that's incredibly interesting because, you know, when you look at the numbers of people in the census, it's going up every year. Um, Nuns, as they call them, goes up. That number goes up every year. People who don't believe, don't believe in a God. But what we found is that many people who say they believe in God actually don't believe in God. It's just what they've grown up with. Uh, and that goes across the, uh, the religious groups. Again, I've got a, a very good friend who's a Muslim, goes to, goes to the mosque, doesn't really believe. But it's only when you, sort of, you, know, when you can talk to them on a, on a one-to-one friend basis that you find this sort of information out. And it does, it does hit you quite hard sometimes when you sort of think, well, why, why is this carrying on? Why do we need this God character in our lives? And some people have a very, very good reason for it, but it's a psychological reason. There is no evidence for it. And I think this is the the biggest problem. This is where the problems lay between atheists and theists. Because, you know, I've had conversations with uh, theist apologists and every single thing that they've ever come up with you can you can see the holes in it. It's, it's it's full of flaws, and but to them it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter if they can't prove something or it doesn't actually make sense what they're saying. But they believe it anyway. It's all based on faith, and I think you know I do feel more connected with people who are atheist purely because they've come from a position of skepticism, I guess. As I say, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And an extraordinary claim is that a God living outside the universe that created everything, that's a pretty extraordinary claim. And you have to have some sort of basis to believe that to be true. But there is no evidence for it. So the basis can only be faith. You've got to just choose to choose to believe it. Atheists just choose not to believe it you mentioned you do have friendships though with people of faith how easy i'm just curious as to how easy is it to maintain those friendships when you're with your organization and when you're asking those questions has there been any patterns you've seen or you know that what makes those friendships possible well friendships are possible because i like people just because they believe in god doesn't mean i don't like them you know they're they're good friends these sort of conversations only really happen you know, with friends over time. And it's normally sort of, you know, the late nights, going down the pub, having a drink, talking about it. You suddenly realise that this concept of faith isn't really belief in God. It's belief in the religion. It's a belief in the culture. And that really sort of opened my eyes up to the whole concept of being an atheist is probably the norm in life. I mean, a lot of people listen to your, to your podcast that go to church, or even if they don't go to church, but they, they believe there's something out there, there's some God out there. You'll find a lot of people who are listening to this who have no belief in God, but still go to church. They still 
do those things. They do the cultural norms um, around their society, but they don't really have a, have a, a true belief and they can't justify their belief. Faith is a very, very strange psychological thing. You actually think about the, the big questions of life. You know, you think about things like, you know, where do we come from? Why are we here? What happens when we die? These, these are huge questions. And I think it's easier to have some sort of answers to this because science doesn't really have answers to some of these things. Yeah, where did we come from? Well, we don't actually quite know exactly how life came about, this concept of abiogenesis. We don't really understand what that actually, what actually happened. But they've got a lot of really good ideas of ex exactly how it could have happened. And as, as science moves on, as time goes by, these things are getting filled in. We're beginning to understand more and more about you know, the nature of our lives, the nature of human beings, the nature of this world and the universe. And so that gap that God fits into is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And consequently, religions are getting harsher and harsher and harsher because it's becoming much more difficult to convince young people that there is such a concept as God. Because there's so much information out there nowadays that makes so much more sense. Science makes so much more sense, even if they can't answer all of those big questions. You know, the, the question of, you know, what, what's our purpose in life? You know, I don't actually believe we have a purpose. There's no God-given purpose. That doesn't mean our lives don't have purpose, because another straw man that, you know, theist apologists will do is say that if you're an atheist, you have no purpose in life. If you're an atheist, what's stopping you killing and raping people. Very simple. Empathy and love for the human, human spirit. These straw man arguments that come up with theists, they never really sort of quite work it all the way through. They have to denounce atheism because if atheism became the norm, then their religions would die. They'd lose their power. And this is what really religion is all about because there's two questions here. There's there's, it does God exist? And then there's the other one, is religion a path to truth? And religions are, are, are falling away, they're dying. And there's going to come a time when there will be no religion. Now, whether there still be belief in God, I don't know. I think probably there will be, because people need to have answers. People hate not having answers to things. Things like, where do we come from? You need an answer for that. Atheism can't give you an answer. Science can't give you an answer. Not a full answer. We, we've got a very, very good idea. But what happens when we die? We had a, a podcast when we were talking about near-death experience just recently. And again, theists point to things like the near-death experience as proof of an afterlife. But there's so much science involved in that with an understanding that the brain is incredible, and there is a sort of, it seems like there is a last hurrah, the last curtain call where the brain on or near death gets flooded with chemicals and can give those same sort of experiences as the near-death experience. So we don't know what happens, quiet, <laughs> but 
there's a lot of a lot of uh, ideas and hypotheses about exactly what happens when people reach that point. You have to look at the way people who believe in God will look at that because it, you know, it's again, it's another thing that this could be a, a pointer. It could be a piece of proof. It's called God of the gaps. Anything we don't know about, God did it, and and that gap is getting smaller and smaller and smaller over time. Many people that follow a specific religion or faith will go to their Bible or their scriptures or their faith leader if they have moments of self-doubt or they're unsure of what to do. Have you had moments of self-doubt in your journey? And Can you just talk to us a bit about how that felt to you and where you go in those moments? I know there are situations in my life I look back on and I think I could have handled things differently, but I've always tried to live a good life and, and be there for people, you know, friends and family and to treat people fairly. It comes back to empathy again, seeing the intrinsic good in people. The truth is, it's a lot easier to be a good person if you're well-fed and secure. You know, so, you know, first world problems, this is what we're talking about. It's much easier to be a good person. If your life's good, you know, this world is a harsh place. And there's a lot of people on this planet that don't have the things that we do. So we have to be very, very careful how we judge the good in others. You have self-doubts about you know, whether you're a good person or a bad person. Is it something I question a lot? Not particularly. I just try and be as good as I can to people, you know, friends and family, people I meet in the street. But I, th- I honestly think that is it's a human trait. You see this everywhere. And to look at religion or to God as moral guidance, I think is wrong. It doesn't work. You know, I read the book, the the Bible, when I was 15. There is not a lot of moral good in the Bible. And it's actually what happens quite interestingly is when when we talk to atheists, especially atheists that have just come out as atheists. You ask them what tipped them over, and it's normally reading the Bible. I read the Bible, not interested. Same with, with the Quran. Got a friend who's on the podcast who's ex-Muslim, and they grew up not even considering that people didn't believe in God. They were completely indoctrinated into the, into the religious society. But at some point in her life, she just read the Quran and just went, I, this is not for me. This is not the religion that I want to follow. And that happens quite often when people actually look into the religion. They suddenly discover that it's not what they think. See, most people, if you think about it, they go to church or they go to the mosque and they get preached to. And they are told all the lovely bits about the Bible, taught, taught all the great things about Jesus, Muhammad, God, and all those sort of things. It's not when you actually do some of your own research and actually just read the Bible, read the Quran, do whatever you need to do to try and find out what that truth is. And you suddenly realize that this is probably not the path that I want to go down. It's not the path that religion is not the path to truth. That's where a lot of atheists come out is when they actually read the Bible, read the Quran, and they just go, it's not for me. If you could give our listeners one piece of advice that they could go out tomorrow and kind of live a life of goodness or feel good or be good, what would be that one piece of advice that you'd like to share with them? I sometimes find it very difficult to put myself in a position of giving people advice, but I think that the the thing for me is just 
Don't let others dictate how you approach your own life or blindly follow what others impose on you through their ideas of morality. Think for yourself. There's nothing wrong with being sceptical. Being sceptical of claims, being sceptical of people's attitude. You know, if you think if you think about the, you know, the sort of things like we've talked about, blasphemy and apostasy, those sort of things are not moral. And, it, and so for me, it's just think for yourself. Ask yourself what sort of world you want to live in. You've spoken to humanists, and I think a lot of atheists very much align with that concept of being a humanist. I think that's a much better way. A secular world is a much better way to go. We need secularism within our politics. We need secularism within our society. So think for yourself. Research. Try and understand what religion actually means. Because as I say, if you pull away from religion, you can still believe in God if you want. But religion is, is pretty poisonous. It's the sort of political arm of God. And that can't be a good thing to follow. You know, especially if it's if you read about things like, for instance, apostasy or blasphemy and what happens to people when they suffer from those things. That's not morally good. So just think for yourself, don't let others decide on how you approach your life. My hugest thanks go to Andy for taking the time to talk with me. If after listening to that conversation, you'd like to learn more about atheism, you can visit atheismuk.com or look up the Atheist Alliance, which is the global organisation for atheism. There's lots of books about the struggle between science and religion, for instance. There's lots of books about whether God exists. Try and read some of those. If people want to really find the path to absolute truth, you know, what is true in this world? What is the good things in this world? Just do as much research as you possibly can. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more episodes and interviews exploring the question of what it means to be a good person in today's world, then please consider hitting the subscribe button. And if you have time and liked what you heard, then I would love you to leave a review and share with your friends. Thank you for listening. And if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at any time. It's sarah at howtobegood.co.uk and I would love to hear from you. Thank you.